All right. Welcome back. Looks like we have about half the company here. So, sure. I'm sure we can start with that. Um, Ian, do you want to start with announcements? Uh, yeah. So, uh, just want to t tell everyone, uh, thank you so much uh, for participating and bring your familiar to work day. Um, it was a uh, rousing success. Uh, Though there was um, a couple incidents, and unfortunately, pseudo-dragons will no longer be uh, allowed as acceptable familiars to bring. Uh, so thank you for your cooperation in that. Uh, was there anything else, uh, Travis? Yes, I just want to say, I obviously know... Look, I need you to know we hear you, okay? We hear you on the chairs being very uncomfortable. We hear you on the no more manila folders, and paper is willy-nilly. Uh, and uh, the bathroom hasn't worked in 200 years, and you're still having to use the lobby bathroom. Obviously, these are all problems that are still high on our priority list. Uh, the issue, of course, being that there is no money. And when I say that, I need you to hear me. Even Ian, he asked me the other day, for a raise. He's our lead designer. It would make sense. It's a, a simple cost of living increase. Am I able to provide it? Of course not. There is no money. And of course, we just started doing this podcast where we provide pro bono work. That's not going to make us any money, not in the short term. Okay? So I need everybody to remember the vision, right? Let's look forward into the future. And, and in some cases, if we can travel to the future, and maybe let me know how it looks for us. That could be interesting. Um, and in the meantime, be nice to the wraith that is haunting our building. She's a consultant. Um, I've asked her to kind of help us look where we can maybe trim some fat. Well, I guess there is no more fat, but trim essential flesh to kind of streamline this thing. So anything else, Ian, that you needed to? I, um, uh, no, I'm, you know, I'm just fine. Yeah, uh, happy to work here. Glad to be here, Travis. Uh, thanks for another rousing, um, you know, morale-boosting uh, speech. And, um, yeah, I think we're all, uh, we're ready to get to work. Right, guys? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's, yeah, let's do it. Perfect. Thank you all so much, and uh, see you tomorrow. Yeah, yep. Stay safe, grab a bagel. Hey, Ian, um. How do you think I did? I've just, I've been watching a lot of sports movies and yeah, practice that for, for a long time. So I, I think telling people there's no money is uh, not great. And um, I was kind of hoping you were going to mention the, the nighting thing, but. Yeah, I mean, listen, is it a big deal that you're a knight now? Of course. Do I need to ever mention that publicly? Probably not, you know? This is something that I think, you if know, you you're, so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're a noble knight. You're a noble knight. You don't necessarily need to go around flaunting that. Okay, I guess. I mean, no. I mean, why, I guess why would I have, you know, I never needed to before. Now, you're starting to sound like you kind of want to flaunt it. I just, I, I've, never had a, I've never had a chance to flaunt it. And, you know, you know what they say, the, the saying goes, if you got it, flaunt it. And you do officially have that sash that says, I am a knight. So I'll tell you what, why don't you wear that 
for the week. Oh, gosh, Travis, thanks so much. I'm really looking forward to wearing that. Of course, of course, anytime. And just so you know, when this Wraith comes back with some suggestions on who we're letting go, I will expect you to do the heavy lifting there. Uh... Good man. One hundred years ago, Marcus Royals founded the finest adventure architecture firm in the Forgotten Realms. Now, his firstborn son Travis, along with lead designer Ian of the Hills, are tanking the company, one failed project at a time. If you require their services, write them a letter, and they may build you one of their dinky dungeons, shitty strongholds, or crappy castles. Welcome back to the only show that's going to design your dungeon for free. That's right, free. You've got the Forgotten Realms' best dungeon designer here, Sir Ian of the Hills. Hello, Ian. Oh, that's exciting. I didn't realize I had been knighted. Was the, there's, there's something I should have seen that came through about that. You know, they um, sent the letter straight to me, so I figured it better if I handle it. Um, oh, that's so exciting. So does that come with like a pay raise or? That's interesting. And in this show, essentially, I'm also um, Travis Royals. I, of course, run the company Royals and Royals, which is the Forgotten Realms' best adventure architecture firm. And I make good decisions. I make great decisions like hiring Ian of the Hills here. I make great decisions like furnishing our brand new podcast studio. What do you think, Ian? It's pretty oh, immaculate. I, I mean, uh, well, from my perspective, um, you know, watching you record in that um, lavish new chair has been, it's really just been absolutely outstanding. And, um, you know, being kind of just sort of, I guess, propped up on the stool you found out out back is, um, you know, it's it's nice. And thank you. Yes, this chair is very impressive. Essentially, I went to the furniture store um, looking for two chairs, one for me. One for Ian, my my great co-host. But what I ended up finding is this one chair that is kind of the size of two chairs. I think it actually might, in fact, have been two extremely regal chairs that have been stitched together. And one, of course, was mink, and the other was a very fine leather. And here I sit, feeling completely inspired. Um, Ian, I don't know if can you can you see these colors? I, oh, I can. I mean, it's a, um, a, a very uh, violent and violet pa- pattern that's happening. It's, it is violent and violet. And actually, these purples are so deep that only certain species of shrimp can can really fully render these in their vision. So uh, you might notice as you look at this chair that you become nauseated, uh, not being able to comprehend the violent violets that are on its mink pattern. Yeah, I would say like the the kind of combination of um, uh, chairs, uh, styles, um, cushions, and and colors is a real Franken chair scenario. If I ever saw one, thank you so much. Yes, and it is one of a kind. And of course, the stool that I got for you, um, I also think is not too shabby. You know, I mean, it's got the one leg. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of really one of like those uh, standing stools that this is a you know kind of a, a prop up for your butt. So you're not you can't say you're completely standing, but you're definitely not just sitting. 
And the one thing I was scared of is kind of you getting a little too comfortable during uh, record. Yeah, well, there's definitely no chance of, of that. Oh, 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 sorry, I slipped a little bit. Yeah, it's going to get slippery, and uh, that's why, you know, art is made through these challenges. Art is made with barriers and boundaries. These, it, it, It's the slow-budget films that really succeed, whereas, you know, the green screen effect. And I think this, this low-budget stool is going to do a lot for you and give you a lot of challenges while we record and keep you quite literally on your toes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think it's fair to say, I mean, I, I don't know if we've reached the blood portion of it yet, but, um, you know, there's certainly been some sweat and tears that have gone into this chair while just trying to, you know, maintain my core to stay upright and uh, maintain my, my uh, even speaking voice. Yeah. And I do think the, that blood splatter is not going to come out. I tried. Um, the The sweat and tears, maybe, maybe. I mean, with some real polishing. Um, well, I know we have a letter to talk about. Uh, did we want to circle back to talking about the, you know, the uh, potential of a raise with me being a sir or? And that's very interesting, but it's something that we cannot discuss now and probably won't be able to discuss until several quarters from now. When you look at the really? ups and the downs, you really start to see. Uh, so this letter is from Fearless and Frederick Berg. Frederick? Fredericksburg? As in multiple Fredericks in one Berg? Yeah, it's a real Ruth's Chris uh, steakhouse scenario. That's got to get confusing, all these Fredericks in the same small Berg. I think Frederick I, I is like a title, perhaps name. like a king or a duke or something like that. Ah, uh, yes, Frederick of the Berg. It belongs to him. Well, then your your letter is missing an apostrophe, Fearless. <laughs> It starts off, hey, Travis and Ian, I really want to, sp- pardon me, this chair is putting me to sleep. <laughs> I am falling asleep as we do this. I mean, you're I really want- very comfortable. I know, I, you can tell how I'm kind of sinking in. See, this is what I didn't want for you, and hence the stool. I really want to run a spooky, scary one-shot for my party, but there's a problem. All of the adventurers are super experienced. They've seen every kind of skeleton, witch, and animated armor that exist. How can I give them a truly unexpected and horrific experience without returning to the well of Halloweeny tropes? Signed, Fearless and Fredericksburg. Oh man, that's I'm adding an apostrophe there with my voice. So oh, essentially, yeah, we all heard it. I don't know if you caught that, Ian, but essentially, what Fearless is saying is. He wants to give his group a big scare, a big spooky scare. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and that is, um, um, I think, with the kind of the proliferation of uh, the adventuring career that's really kind of um, gone through a a renaissance at, at this period of time. You know, I think that you're getting a lot more experienced adventurers, and so it can be tough to give them, you know, something new and different. But um, I would like to, you know, take this concept and, uh, you know, maybe um, take a little bit of a Missy Elliott approach and, um, you know, flip it and reverse it, perhaps. Mm, uh, is your from a Nipofan yet? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the you're familiar. spell. Absolutely. When Missy first visited my Berg, um, Travis's Berg, I guess you would call it. Um, 
when she cast that spell on me, is your from a Nipifuen yet? It blew my entire idea of what's possible right out my entire cushioned butt. Uh, indeed, yeah. So, well, what, what I'm kind of proposing is, what if, uh, you know, these adventurers, they've seen all of these, you know, horrific, very spooky, spooky monsters. Uh, what if perhaps the adventure starts out with them just trying to take on mundane tasks but are have been transformed into the monsters that they try to fight. Suddenly, a bright sunny day to a vampire seems like a horif- horrific hellscape. And, um, you know, you've really got to go shopping for eggs and mail a letter and things like that. So are you saying the true, the most terrifying thing is empathy? I, I don't know if that's exactly what I was saying. but Okay, but um, you are saying make them monsters and that's super scary. Well, you know, um, being from the hills, we tend to be a little bit emotionally stunted, so I don't know if that's really something that I get down on. Okay, perfect. So, uh, and I do think emotional stunting is something we could also bring back. Kind yeah, of an emotional hobbling for this for this dungeon. But I do like starting with the concept of they become the monster. Indeed. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I imagine that really like the dungeon essentially could just be a, you know, small, you know, kind of farmstead town um, and they just have to go about completing tasks. And um, I, I, I think that that could really just, you know, be, be your barriers for that. Uh, Travis, what are some mundane tasks that you feel are very easy to take care of on a daily basis, but only because of your current status and stature? Oh, just normal things. Obviously, it's very difficult to think of something interesting to say to my helpers every morning. Um, they're there right as I wake up, so I feel very put on the spot. To I was just dreaming. There's I don't really have much in the way of how's it going, you know. So obviously, that's one one thing I have to deal with. Do you think your helpers would be so receptive to you? Were you to have a horrible, monstrous visage, or perhaps all of your skin flayed from your very bones, and you were to just get up and be a, a chattering mess? I think if I had the same amount of money, it probably wouldn't matter. But I understand that somewhat of different means uh, that that would be an issue. I could put myself in their shoes. I mean, okay. I find it terrifying, but I can do it. I mean, the horrible thing is probably as a skeleton, you don't even need shoes. Oh, my gosh. That truly is spooky. Looking down, not having shoes on, and that not being an issue. Ooh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to make a stop at the bone locker instead of the foot locker. But, but, but Ian, I ask you, what, what do they sell there? Um, pills. Just polishing pills? Okay, you got calcium. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. It's a lot of milk. You just yeah. you go to the bone locker and it's just nothing but milk. Uh, I guess yogurt, pro- probably some yogurt in tubes, sipping on the go. For sure. What what other types of monsters do you imagine would be difficult? I mean, I think for one, uh, I, I think any of the ones that are scared of sunlight could be very difficult. But um, I also think perhaps maybe like if you have like a very tough muscular, you know, perhaps a fighter or barbarian type, um, perhaps turning them into a little kind of sniveling kobold could be very interesting. Oh, I love that. Yeah, some sort of small lizard type thing that's always in fear of being walked on or, you know, pushed out of the way when they're standing near a door frame. 
I like this. What you're really realizing is that the mundane is horrifying, that the day-to-day is is terrifying. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, probably one of the hardest things of of being a kobold would be just to get enough attention to yourself and, and, you know, were you to have a task where you needed to, uh, you know, rally the support of the town and how difficult that might be. Or if you're slimy, your slime's getting everywhere and people are saying, hey, could you pick up your slime? And you're saying, well, I, I can pick that slime up, but I'm just going to make more slime in the process. You're better off just leaving it be. Yeah, and perhaps a sudden, it's a it's a quest where you need to fetch all those little like kind of yellow A-frames to you know warn people of a potential slipping hazard. Mm-hmm. And you knew the name for those and it was A-frames and I knew that too. And that's why I'm with it. And... I think that's very interesting. A slime just always apologizing. A uh, vampire who has to do things outside during the day because they're part of the service industry or the working class in some capacity, and that is required of them. Oh, God. And then the skeleton drinking Gogurt. This is truly (laughs) horrifying stuff. Well, I think, uh, you know, perhaps uh, all of this could be themed under the guise of maybe preparing for a large feast. Mm, okay. And I do like that we we try to get a feast in for each of our adventures. Yeah, well, it's important. You don't want to adventure on an empty stomach. Oh, and absolutely not. And I think that would be a, a pretty stellar reward for uh, the adventures for a job well done if they are able to do one and survive it, you know? I mean, you know, if you take a vampire, everything just tastes to act like ash in their mouth unless it's blood. So, you Serve know, I think ash. That, well, I think, uh, you know, perhaps if they have to go grocery shopping for said feast, how are they going to be able to pick out the right stuff? Okay, so maybe it's they're in the grocery store and they see somebody they think they recognize and then they're not quite sure. And next aisle over, they're pretty sure they recognize them. And all of a sudden now they have to talk to that person. Yeah, or perhaps it's a, like a Van Helsing vampire hunter scenario. So not only do they already know the person and now they're going to have to stop and chat, but they also, <laughs> this person also wants to kill them where they stand. Yeah, they recognize them as one of their uh, the people they go to for advice on how to hunt vampires. That is wonderful. I love all this. And maybe when they finally do get these groceries, if they can, in fact, survive this Van Helsing's attacks in the deli aisle. Um, that dinner's just kind of very awkward, and it's very hard for them. And and someone asks about politics, and another person does that thing where they pretend to know a lot. And then, of course, well, you want to say, well, I'm dumb. I, I don't know anything about this. And just tap out, but nobody's letting you do that. I mean, that that for sure could be a difficult thing. I think one thing that would be really important to have in this scenario is, you know, we have everybody set up as these tasks that they have to complete as their individual monster forms. But then how do they come back together as a a group and um, perhaps have some tasks and challenges they have to take on um, together as a group in their monstrous forms? Oh, that's interesting. You're thinking it's a we kind of bake the split the party moment right into this thing. Well, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and that is, I mean, that'll even be scary for the dungeon master <laughs> having to deal with that. Oh my God, the two for the price of one. I hope you're ready to get spooked, fearless in Fredericksburg, because we just made your life hell. 
Well, I mean, um, you know, my understanding is that uh, people running uh, these groups of adventures through these scenarios just love, love, love when they're shopping episodes. Everyone really enjoys it. They mm-hmm. all get into it. And yes. um, nothing brings a group of people together more than haggling about money and things like that. And that's what got me into this industry. I once saw some adventurers shopping together. And what, what I loved is that when one person was talking about the stuff they wanted to buy, everybody was just so interested. And nobody looked at their phones or played Pokemon Go, even though they already caught all the Pokemon in the area that are relevant to their needs. Everybody just sat there listening to what types of potions this person wanted to buy. And that was so you know, eye-opening and inspiring for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, one thing we've learned today is just that people's attention spans are just getting longer and longer. So, well, like what, what kind of a, um, what do you imagine like a group of monsters would need to come together to work on? I mean, do you, um, do you think that perhaps there is a, maybe there is a group of adventurers that recognizes these monsters going about town and they're um, racing to let maybe the, oh. the magistrate know that there will be these monsters trying to infiltrate and they have to kind of maybe have a, a scenario where they have to catch them and either kill them or convince them to, you know, lay off. Yes, I don't know if you, have you ever been to the Dyer Zoo on the other, the the old town? No, uh, the tax bracket I fall in, they don't allow me ever on, on that side of town. As it should be. And at the Dyer Zoo, something that's just freaked my shit entirely out before, the Dyer Zoo, of course, is beautiful. You have dire wolves, of course. You have dire penguins, dire flamingos, all the beautiful dire animals that are out there. But, of course, it makes your heart hurt because so many of these dire species are endangered. Dire, dire, endangered. I should say. Uh, um, Travis, I just, um, I, I like I'm where getting you're going to it. I, I, I promise. There's a point. Well, no, no, no. I'd be excited, but uh, could you remind uh, our listeners at home what makes an animal dire? Of course, uh, it's bigger. Okay. It's the same thing as your. If you haven't seen a dire flamingo, imagine a flamingo, and just make it bigger in your head, and boy, you're getting pretty close. I, I think a lot of times I feel like I've seen them like they add like an extra row of teeth where, you know, and maybe if they didn't have one, they just and, uh, ha- they have teeth, you know? You beat me to it because I was going to say dire flamingos have a full row of, of very human looking teeth. <laughs> yes, the the humanist. So they're 1.2 size, slightly scaled up. Just take that tool and you just drag it up a little. Yep. And then insert those human teeth and that's it's a, a dire It's flamingo. a real zoom and enhance scenario. <laughs> so you're at this exhibit, you've fallen in love with all these dire creatures, and then at the end it says, you know, it gives you the sob story, and it's a sob story that worked on me, saying the greatest enemy for the dire animal kingdom is right behind this door. And you open the door and guess what's there? Oh, is it um a uh, lich. No, that's actually behind the second door. Uh-oh. But the, the the first door, it's a mirror, oh. and it sh- and it shows that you are what you hate. So like, for is, is it like reason, a magical mirror that shows like you going about your daily activities in the morning, like getting ready to even come to the zoo? Is that is it like a 
Oh, the mirror knew everything about me. Yeah, the mirror was able to play back some very interesting moments that I, I thought I, I had been well buried. I didn't even know any spell could crack it. But yeah, this mirror showed me some pretty bummer stuff, like that time that I punched a dire flamingo right in the face on vacation. Fair, uh, but it hurt. All this to say, there's nothing scarier than ourselves. So what if, yes, I think that they are being chased by a party, and you know who that party is? Exact mirror images of themselves. Oh, so it's it's really like a whole um, uh, Freaky Friday scenario where you're actually, you are literally replacing monsters, and they are in your bodies. And if I know adventurers, to see the willy-nilliness with which they commit atrocities played back to them, that'll really shake them in their friggin' boots. Oh, well, you know, I mean, going back to kind of like uh, the the shopping scenarios that adventurers love so much, what if they had to, you know, as monsters try to stop them while these monsters now in the hero bodies are selling off all of their stuff? And just spending their money willy-nilly and not buying it on very helpful potions or racers of um, athlete's foot. And not to scare you, but that is two willy-nillies that we've said. And then a a third. And of course, if you say those words for a fourth time, you do summon William Nilliam himself. Uh, excellent point. I, um, you know, I, 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 I don't mean to be just... meta and, and start to scare you, but I'm starting to get a little scared of William Nilliam entering this establishment right now. If we slip up and say those words again, no, I think that's a that's an excellent point. I'm going to mute myself for the rest of the podcast. Okay, that's smart. That <laughs> just better safe than sorry. See, I, I and I love what we've made here. We have. These adventurers who, uh, you know, they think they're top marks. They're the best of the best. And then they see what that actually looks like from the outside as they're just normal monsters trying to live their day-to-day life. First of all, getting the judgment of regular townsfolk. That's number one. Number two, sliming up the place and having to apologize for their slime all the time. They have to apologize for just being them. Horrifying. And then next, of course... Here comes the cavalry as themselves start to take all their adventuring anger out on these poor, unbeknownst to them, monsters. It's it's tragic, truly. Okay, I know I said I was going to be quiet the rest of the podcast, but I, I do feel like we need to have uh, one Oh my God, it was thing. so hard. I didn't even know what I was saying there by the end. I had lost my train of thought. Please don't ever do that to me again. Oh, uh, Mr. Travis, you looked great. You sounded great. It was all great from this side. Um, this chair is taking me. I, uh, well, I fear the, I'm not long for this world. The The silence was good because I was able to focus more on my balancing act that I'm having to do. But I do think we should bring up what is uh, what is it that they're seeking that you think that maybe towards the end where they are able to transform back into their regular bodies and um, perhaps enjoy this feast? Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't even considered that there might be a goal other than freaking the pants off them. You know, I mean, their ultimate goal surely has to be to get back in their regular bodies. 
I don't know if the feast does that or if we even have the magic food anymore. What are our magic food stocks like? Oh, um, let me see. Um, hold on, let me go check. Hey, how much how much bread do we have? Magic Magical bread. Wine. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, with the grains in it. We oh, have a lot. Okay, bread. all right. So what if it is like a uh, breakfast for dinner? And I was thinking maybe like a French toast spread. Hmm. And the French toast will turn these monsters back into their former selves? I, I think so. I mean, I uh, personally, I can't think of a more magical breakfast than French toast. I think that's amazing. And I'm all for it. And I think it's a nice end goal. You know, too many of these horror stories end scarily. But I do think ours should end with a nice French toast breakfast where everything gets reset back to normal. That's what makes it a one-shot. Absolutely. That's the the recipe, not only for magical French toast, but also for a nice one-shot. It's like it never happened. Well, and I I think the the exciting thing about that would be maybe some of the ingredients they're having to gather is they'll feel like almost mundane, and then it becomes a very uh, delightful surprise when they have to get French toast, have French toast for dinner. Um, Yeah, I mean, French toast is, it's just the bread with the grains, of course, as you shouted at that man. It's butter, it's eggs, Mm -hmm. powdered sugar syrup, is that it? I think that's pretty much it. A little bit of heat, a little bit of love. It's pretty amazing that I knew that. I've only seen it made, of course. I've never actually made food myself. Well, I think it's uh, it's been great that you've been spending so much time with the employees as of late, and I think that's really kind of starting to show. You know, it's, you're really becoming, you know, one of the common man. Uh, and I am one of the common man, and I do ask them to describe foods for me. how they're made because it's so you walk around and you just have no point of reference for people who are like oh i know how to make a soda i know how to move a soda from a can into a glass and they're rubbing that in your face i did assume that you just went to one of the breakfast hibachi places that opened up and i figured you kind of picked it up from there but i think that the the nice thing about this is it's a little bit of a trick and treat scenario you know instead of the Mm. Mm mm-hmm that's delightful and and delicious, and I'll be there. I wonder, maybe I am just a normal person trapped in a monster's body. I, I don't see any reason why you couldn't be the magistrate of this town. Travis's Berg comes true? I, th- I think it could be. You could be the Travistrate. <laughs> How dare you? Oh... Well, that feels good. And I got to be honest, I think this chair is, I've got about three minutes left. So how are we doing on time? Do we fulfill our quota of this completely free episode? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, Lord knows I've got enough work set out for me to do. Yeah. I mean, you got to design this thing. You got a a whole town. Every time we do a whole town, it's rough. You got to realize an entire, you know, economy. Gotta oh, find yeah. a place to put it. Holes are always like the thing I tend to leave out and forget, and everyone's like, "Where do we park our horses?" <laughs> yes, and and there will be a lot of actors to hire. That's true. 
let's make sure that it's natural. Let's make sure that, you know, when we have these auditions for these townspeople, that they really hate monsters. I think that's going to be very important. Do you think we have it in the budget to maybe just buy a small town? Yeah. Let's look at history, historical documents, newspapers, find a town that has had a monster problem in the past. It's going to be very upset to see these new monsters in their town. Probably already have a decent supply of their own pitchfork, so we can save a lot of money there. Let's have them bring wardrobe to the audition, right? Um, Tattered rags, a must. Um, Those weird hats that flop a lot. Oh, yeah, and the the mud smeared on the face. Mm Mm-hmm. Must supply their own mud. Yeah, just start kind of making a list for this, if you would. And, you know, if they've done any sort of minor atrocities um, that have caused someone in town to bring on a horrific ritual to summon a bunch of monsters just to attack someone for stepping on their flowers, you know, I think all the better. Hey, I couldn't agree more. And maybe, speaking of stepping, it seems like a great ending. They've enjoyed their French toast. They're back in their their former body. And get they look down. Skeleton feet. Now, when you say they look down in skeleton feet, what what do you mean by that? Well, they look down, have skeleton feet. No more feet. uh, No more shoes. That's kind of the. That's kind of the. I think we're gonna be all right. Panda skeleton feet. Big big scream from them. So. So they, there's some there's some lasting consequences for forever and ever. <laughs> okay, yeah. Whoever's going to be enchanting this bread, I need them to know not okay. to give them their feedback. Yeah. So it's really a trick, trick and treat and trick scenario. Then. Yep it's it's trick or treat question mark. No trick and treat exclamation point and trick several exclamation points. Well, we're just going to have all kinds of magical spells being flung willy-nilly. Ah, I said it again! Ah! He's here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Not the chair. Anything but the chair. Wow. Now those were some bad ideas. If you'd like the boys to take a shot at designing your dungeon, free of charge, send a raven to wellmet at crappycastles.com. We prefer letters that give us enough, but not too much. We'll let you decide what that means. If you want more of the adventures ad-libbed on this show, head to patreon.com forward slash crappy castles. Any silver you can spare is much appreciated. Original music, audio editing, and bardic inspiration provided by Adron. Find her at adronmusic.com. Our theme song is Piss Fader by Tobacco. That's P-I-S-S Fader by the one and only Tobacco. As always, Ian was played by Ian, Travis was played by Travis, and you don't get to know who I am. Till next time, keep it crappy.